0: Are you looking for something fun to do with the kids at home that will keep them learning? The Washington Wizards Kids Club, presented by Giant, has really cool free printable activities available online at dcfamily.com kidsclub. Coloring books, math timetables, writing worksheets, word searches, and so much more up now for you and your family to enjoy. Keep the kids entertained by checking it out now at dcfamily.com kidsclub.
1: Wizards fans, welcome to another episode of the Off the Bench podcast presented by the Alibaba Group and part of the Wizards Podcast Network. All podcasts on the Wizards Podcast Network are available wherever you get your podcasts and are featured on Wizards Radio 24-7 and the Wizards app. You can follow the Wizards Podcast Network on Twitter, at WashWizardsPN, and please subscribe, download, rate, and review wherever you listen. On today's episode of Off the Bench, Zach Rosen, Chris Gehring, and I are joined by Ryan Richmond, head coach for the Capital City go All right, Coach, thank you for joining us. It's now been, I guess, a little bit over three months since you've last been on. And I believe that was the week right before the NBA and the G League seasons were both suspended. Uh, It goes without saying, but a lot has obviously changed since then. First and foremost, how are you doing? Staying busy? What have things been like?
2: Doing well. Thanks for having me back on. Last time we were on, uh, there were no gloves, uh, no masks. when when we were on three months ago, but uh, yeah, definitely different times now, but it's uh, obviously been a great opportunity um, to, you know, learn, improve, reflect on the year, and just get better overall. Uh, I think there's different ways you can handle a quarantine. Obviously, I've never done one before, but having gone through one, it's it's been really beneficial once you kind of get over the initial shock of not being able to leave.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And I think a lot of what has changed, and we'll dive into everything here today, but so much of what has changed has been completely unrelated to basketball. We're now a month removed from the murder of George Floyd, uh, and the country has been through a lot in that last month. Um, But in that time, monumental basketball has really empowered the players to drive dialogue around everything going on in the country, the social and and racial unrest and, and, and protests and activisms uh, that's happening. What have what is it meant to see the players take the lead on important issues in that way? It's
2: been, it's been great to, to have Natasha, Brad, John and the rest of the team, uh, both teams really, um, you know, stand up for a cause bigger than ourselves, you know, and it's, it's something that personally I need to do better at educating myself, listening, learning. Uh, and, and it's something that, that I take obviously very seriously. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's Black Lives Matter. It's it's crazy that like we even need to say that because it's so obvious, you know? It's so obvious that it should be so obvious and it's not. And it's it's something that I obviously you know, as a white male in a, in a leadership position that I, I know that I need to do better at myself and to have our players be so outspoken. And the march last week was, was so special to be a part of. I thought Natasha and Bradley were just incredible with, with their words and their actions, um, leading, you know, a huge group of, of a diverse group of people. And, and it was amazing to be a part of.
0: What have the uh, conversations been like within the coaching staff and and just, I guess, to Monumental Basketball as a whole uh, between, you know, the players, coaches, management?
2: Yeah, I mean, something that we talked about, obviously, being back at workouts, it's nice to be around the guys, um, the players and the staff. It's great to kind of have these open conversations that, you know, I I know I never had before. You know, I mean, we had... uh, Tommy and Brad and organized a team Zoom for the Wizards, and I thought it was really powerful. You know, there's some things on set on there that were were really, really powerful. And just you know, someone like Admiral Schofield, who I got a chance to coach most of the year. Um, you know, we never had these conversations about race, and and you know, I'm kicking myself. But again, like to have them now it's been so special to hear kind of where Admiral's come from and hear his family. We were talking the other day, he's worked out about his brother and, you know, growing up playing baseball and just kind of the way that that um, in the Chicago area and the way that that's kind of transpired in his family and just hearing that about him, something that, that I've never even heard. And so those conversations, the open dialogue has been, has been great. And um, you know, it's something that I don't want to just be a fad. It's something that, that I want to continue. Um, and, you know, there's some different, different things that, that I've done, um, not totally in the open, but just, just to try and keep educating each other. And I think it's important. My girlfriend, she started a really incredible um, Zoom group coalition type of thing. And there's a huge group of people that meet every, every week. Um, and if anyone wants to join uh, via Zoom, and it's um, just kind of an open dialogue, there's topics every week. And, we dive into it, and it's, you know, it's not easy work, um, but it's it's important, and it's important that it keeps continuing on.
3: I want to go back to Friday for just a minute. I know that it was, for me in my career, it was one of the most powerful days that I've experienced, and certainly in the time being here with Monumental and working for the Wizards. Um, it was on a very important day in Juneteenth, and I think all of those things came together. To hear our players talk about it was um, and be very open about it with the media, very open about talking with people who are marching with them. Um, it was just an incredibly powerful day. How, how much do you think that we all are now responsible to use that energy that they have and the leadership that they've, they've given to us to kind of take action going forward and, and keep it at the forefront of the conversation? Definitely.
2: I I would totally second that. That was probably the most um, prideful I've been in just, and there's so many different things that I have pride in working for Monumental Basketball, but um, in Monumental Sports as as a whole. But that event in particular will stand out to me like through the rest of time, just how it was completely player driven and, and just the leadership, um, that everyone so many people were there that um we're all on the same page you know and it's it's a shame that it's taken so long for us to get there but at the same time it 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 brings like tremendous amount of pride and ownership that we have to be part of the change you know and and we have to continue this conversation moving forward because or else it's just going to kind of be like a a fad that kind of just kind of goes to the wayside and and I think now it's totally different. Um, hopefully, you know, it's easy kind of for me to say, but I hope that it's totally different. And it's kind of on us, like you said, just in our day-to-day actions to to keep improving, keep learning, and keep having tough conversations. Um, and I think that, that part's really important.
1: Pivoting to basketball a little bit, you're obviously now looking back on your first season as head coach of the go-go, it obviously didn't end the way anybody thought it would. It was suspended around the same time the NBA did, and then in early June here was announced as officially canceled for uh, the remainder of this NBA season. Um, but looking back on it, how how do you remember it? What did you take from it? Um, yeah, it was, it was a
2: great year. We were really, um, really happy with the way it ended. Obviously, we knew that um, we couldn't continue Um, which is a shame we were tied for the last spot in the playoffs. Um, We would have loved to finish the year out uh, and see where we ended up. We just added Jordan Bell, um, who we were excited about. And um, it was exciting to see where he would fit with our team. He had one practice with us. He looked good. um, And that was all. But, um, you know, it would have been great to um, play those playoff-type games for our developing players, you know, like getting – getting those games in we had a we had a tough schedule coming up we had two back-to-backs coming up and it would have been really really exciting to, to finish it out um but we have a lot to be proud of you know we had uh the most assignment players from the nba team in the league this year um with the practices and scrimmages we had um admiral played the third most minutes among all 2019 second round picks he was up around 1300 which is 1300 minutes which is You know, with seven games left, they're right in the range of where we wanted to get them. Um, We had the second most call-ups since last year. One player from last year's team, Jason Randall, and then this year's team, Andrzej Peseznick, they both signed um, Exhibit 10 deals and then ended up on NBA roster. So we have a lot. I mean, obviously, what Jarrell and his staff did last year was great. And then we just kind of followed suit. And, um, you know, one other thing that I think is really cool is we're the only G League team to have a player selected for all four USA Basketball Olympic qualifiers. Um, I think that's awesome. You know, Jalen Jones did a great job this year with the uh, Olympic qualifying team. And it's just, you know, we, we have a lot to be proud of and we have a lot to look forward to.
0: What, what did you feel like was your biggest takeaway from the experience, you know, being the, the head coach, the lead voice for a team for, you know, the first time in your professional career?
2: I think the biggest thing is just being the final voice, right? And and there's sometimes where as an assistant coach, you can go into coaches' meetings and we have a game coming up and you're throwing things out, um, different ideas. And at, at the end of the, the day, you know, it's the head coach's decision. It's the head coach's um, kind of like responsibility. You know, whenever you suggest something, no one's not that we have a ton of media, but no one's going to the media and saying, "Well, that assistant coach suggested it." No, it's always going to fall on you, and I think that's kind of the biggest piece. Um, you know, like I, we were we were heading we were on a winning streak, and we were in a coaches' meeting. Uh, give you a story. And we were in a coach's meeting, and we were talking about a pick and roll coverage after we've won four games in a row, and we talked about switching our pick and roll coverage. And we're all gung ho in the meeting, like this is going to work. This is going to work. We're great and I got down to the, the practice court for our shoot around, and I just didn't feel, like, it just didn't feel right, you know, so we just, we just completely scratched it and just went with our normal coverage. We ended up winning the game, but but those are the kind of things, the decisions that you have to make as a head coach, and ones that you just have to live with. You know, like, the first three losses of the year, I probably didn't sleep more than an hour each night. <laughs> but then you realize it's not you necessarily, like, you have a piece of it, but. You know, the practices are where you can kind of imprint the habits you want your players to to have. And, you know, you can't just think like one decision impacted the rest of the game. There's more to it than just a couple decisions.
0: Well, it's also an accumulation of the season. You know, at first the loss is sting, but then you realize, wow, we play a lot of games. Where you can take positives from, from each experience, especially in the G League level. You know, that's kind of your goals for the players and then for you as a coach, too, you know you have to learn along this, you know, just as much as, as anyone. So um, that's good to hear though. I feel like in any position of leadership, having that final voice is, is it's more pressure for sure. And um, accepting that pressure is one thing, but also um, being willing to, to live with the results uh, comes with time. I feel like.
2: Yeah. I mean, I remember talking to um, Jay Wright. Actually, we were talking, Tommy Shepard connected us when, uh, Trying to get Phil back, back like to to the Phil booth that we 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 love and Phil credit him. I talked about it last podcast, but he did an incredible job staying ready and having a huge impact on the team. But Jay Wright said something to me that that stuck stuck to me. He's like, "You like coaching?" I'm like, "Yeah, I love it." He said, "Get used to losing," you know, like <laughs> and it, it was like even coming from someone like him who wins so many games is you know probably future Hall of Famer. Um, you know, hearing that from him, he's right. You know, he's totally right. Like, you're going to lose if you're going to play or you're going to coach. It's just going to happen. And the more you can kind of, what you said, Zach, learn
3: from it, internalize it, and move forward, the better you can be. And the, and you guys have had a a really, I mean, in in two years of existence for the GoGo, an incredible record of development. The league as a whole, obviously, is always about development. Um, and there's been a, there's there are going to be additions in the future next season um, for elite high school prospects to come into the league, play um, and develop under that professional umbrella. What have you seen that's 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 different and unique to the G League? When you look at the college game, look at the G League game. How is it going to help these prospects um, being in that professional environment for? you know, an extra year prior to entering the NBA draft and, and getting ready to be, you know, be pros and presumably, you know, contributors to their team early?
2: Yeah, I I would start with, it's a great question, uh, Chris, and I would start with just saying how I think it's great for the G League that they're adding high schoolers to the mix. I think it's, um, you know, not to not to not college basketball. I used to work in college basketball. There's great coaches in college basketball. There's great players in college basketball. That being said, the G League game, after really experiencing it, is closer to the NBA game than college. It just is, you know, it's faster paced. Um, the the terminology is more similar to the NBA. Uh, and it's just, it's just more closely associated with the NBA naturally. So I think it just gives players a head, uh, almost a head start on learning the way that NBA teams want their players to play, and, and that you know as little as calling a pick and roll coverage something you know ninety percent of the league guards pick and rolls a certain way, and that's different from college. There's a lot of teams in college that are still really aggressive in pick and rolls and trap pick and rolls and rotate over and. You see a lot of teams in the NBA are a lot softer in pick-and-roll coverage and just little things like that 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 gives players a feel as even high schoolers coming out uh, to play in the G League. I think it's going to be really beneficial for the players.
3: Because, I mean, even with, even with guys that come out of college, you know, we talked with Admiral earlier, throughout the year about, you know, he spent four years in a major program in college basketball and then still had that adjustment – adjustment to the professional level of course Uh, when he got there and had to you know learn all of those things not all over again but just a new take on how you play the game from every single from the second you step on the floor offense defense everything is just a little bit different it's almost like it's not skipping a step but it, it is just making one adjustment and then kind of growing from there it seems like it would be a really really beneficial thing for those kids that that have the talent you know that and then you can just kind of get them in the system a little earlier,
2: definitely, and I, I think it'll grow. I mean this is not based on any sort of knowledge, but I do think that there will be a time where where there you can draft high school players, and I think for that, you know I think that'll be really beneficial for every party involved, because you know you take our situation, our situation is so unique and and I mentioned the assignments for a reason is that we're in the same building, you know so if you bring a high school player into our building and he sees Bradley on the court an hour and a half before practice and then an hour and a half after practice, working out, getting his shots up, getting his treatment in. I mean, it's just, sets such an example, you know, it's just like you see a high school kid say, Oh wow, that's why Bradley Beal, that's why John Wall, that's why they're all stars, right? Like this is what I need to do, you know? And there's so many examples of that, right? Like, We've had so many great professionals here with the Wizards that if they see any of these players, you know, even the, the Ramon Sessions and Garrett Temples of the world who are role players, you know, like you don't have to be an all-star to have value for a franchise or or have a great career, you know, like guys like like Garrett Temple, Ramon Sessions who have come through our doors and and have done an incredible job setting examples. I just foresee that to be such an important part of it. You know, I think the imitation and, and learning you know, from the people that came before you is just so important. Uh, you know, they. one of my favorite lines I ever learned in coaching was success leaves clues. You know, some people say success leaves footprints, success leaves clues, and, and, and the other line is so does failure. You know, so it's important to learn from people who are successful.
1: In terms of the chance that guys are going to get, the resumption of the NBA season in late July in Orlando is going to open up a lot of opportunities for G League guys, and we've kind of already started to see that happen a little bit guys that'll be able to fill out uh end of bench spots or even off the bench spots just whether it's helping in training camp or as as teams deal with injuries or or other things down in Orlando which is going to be a really unique situation um I know you can't name names in some of these situations but what might it mean for some of these guys to get these chances around the league on such a big stage
2: I mean it's It's career changing in a lot of ways, you know, and I think that um, I think people will be pleasantly surprised with how well the G League players uh, play in the situation. Because one thing I learned this year that I had no idea was how good the G League is, you know, and I I think a lot of people don't realize it, but I'm looking and getting to know another league was so fun for me and getting to know the players that, you know, have been in the league for a while or just being assigned, you know, it was really cool to see that, but these players are good. The coaches are good. The players are good. This league is really, really good. Um, So I think people will be, will be pleasantly surprised. And, you know, it just shows for us the way, the way our organization views the the team, you know, I think um, our front office, obviously with Tommy um, kind of leading the way just values, the G League so well, so much, you know, and I think that that creates such an important dynamic where, uh, you know, that a lot of the feedback we got in the season meetings with uh, Pop, Scott, and Amber, um, you know, it was just how important it was that the players knew that the Wizards staff and Wizards front office was always there watching. Um, And I think that that in itself just adds such a dimension for our situation.
0: What if, uh, you know, I, I know you, you've been kind of behind the scenes in some of the videos we put out from workouts um, at the facility. What has that been like from a, you know, a, first of all, a health and health protocol standpoint, but also just, like, how nice has it been for you and the players and coaches to be back in the gym and be together, you know, as much as you can?
2: Yeah, for, I mean, first of all, I'll say I think it's probably, like, the safest place, like, that I've been in since the quarantine. You know, it's just, like, we get in there, we're wiping our shoes, we are wiping everything down, like phones, keys, wallet, you know, everything. I don't even bring that stuff in anymore so I don't have to like wipe it down. But um, I mean, although sometimes that stuff is so dirty, uh, I feel like we have such a greater appreciation for being clean, just on a side note, But yeah, no, it's, they've done, the, the staff, the medical staff has done such an amazing job of just keeping that place like safe and clean. And we get tested, um, you know, a lot. But it's um, it's been a, ama- you know, it's just it's therapy for everyone. You know, that's that's a way to look at it. Um, you know, I I got in a little bit later once they added coaches to the workouts because it was one coach one player. Obviously, that changed, so I got added um, a little bit later on. So this has probably been there for a week. But you know, I was just so impressed. The guys, the players are working really hard. They're motivated. They're excited. Um, the, the coaches are doing a great job. The strength coaches are doing a great job. It's streamlined really well. So I think it's more than anything, it's just mental and physical therapy because this is what we do, is what we love, and it's, it's important that that we're able to do it in a healthy way.
1: Within those workouts that you're leading, what are some of the specific points that you hone in on? It's a challenge that coaches aren't normally used to having to face. I know. When you get back from the off season in training camp, maybe some parts of that replicate the idea of trying to ramp back up, but this is this is much different than than any normal off season into preseason that has uh, been seen before. So, what do you focus on? Uh, what do you guys hone in on to try and get these guys back and, and ready to roll?
2: I think the the biggest thing is, you know, the easy one is conditioning, you know, and, and being smart with getting guys back into shape, conditioning wise. Um, you know, mixing in really heavy days with not as, as heavy days. Um, But the heavy days involve some, you know, high intensity sprints um, and and up and down work, offense and defense, important, you know, it's important for players to kind of feel that, that initial, like you're saying, like it's not, it's kind of getting ready for a training camp type of thing. So that's kind of been our mindset. Um, But, you know, a lot of the players, they've done an amazing job, and the staff um, have done an amazing job, just keeping them ready. Like the Zoom calls over the last three months, I think have helped them um, just kind of keep their base a little bit of uh, of being in shape. But I think that the one the one thing the separator is going to be conditioning, right? It's just it's it's important that we just keep developing um, and and just kind of like building back up that that. Um, that conditioning piece, the running, you know, you can't running outside is different from like running on the floor, you know, and it's just, there's no real way to to simulate that other than doing it. So just finding ways within our workouts to do it has been a, a huge, huge sticking point for us.
1: No doubt. Well, coach, I think that's it from us. Thank you so much for taking the time and opening us and opening up and letting us inside the process a little bit. I know there's, it feels like it's close, but there's still about a Five weeks to go before this this actually happens and there's real live basketball happening on TV in front of us and we'll all be able to take it in. So best of luck with the process and, and keep up the good work and thanks for taking the time today. Thanks, guys.
2: Hopefully we'll do this uh, in person soon.
1: That's right. Yeah. See you guys. Thank you.